broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Midtown Business Radio. Hey, what's up, everyone? It is C.W. Hall, your host here on the Midtown Business Radio Show. Thanks for making us a part of your day today. A few weeks ago, I was hanging out at the Atlanta Startup Awards, uh, doing some work with a company called Neurolex Diagnostics. They're a really cool technology company that is using the ability to analyze samples of your voice to be able to predict psychotic breaks in a patient who's got depression, for example, or um, detect an oncoming psychotic break for a bipolar patient. Uh, They're able to detect things like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and a number of other neurologic disorders. So it was really cool. And we were there to uh, potentially be awarded scrappiest startup. We didn't get selected, but it was fun being included in that group of people. And while I was sitting there having dinner and watching the event, I got to chatting with this gentleman next to me at my table And we were talking about traffic and how we can handle that and uh, a variety of things. And I waxed verbose, of course, as I can sometimes and started talking to Antonio James about the work he was doing and thought it interesting. He was a cool guy. So I said, hey, man, you just got to come over and join me in the studio. I've got a guest opening next time. So here he is. Thanks for making your way into the studio. Thank you, CW, for having me. Fighting your way through our tightest Parking deck, I think, in Buckhead. Yes, it took at least um, <laughs> five or six minutes. It was uh, very difficult, but I'm here nevertheless. That's right. And I'm glad you are. So talk a little bit about the Luxav. What are we talking about here? What's this company that you got going on? Because it sounds like a cool concept. So the Luxav is a platform very similar to Polyvore. Uh, there's another one called List. There's several out there. But basically what my platform does is it it takes the uh, data, inventory data from several boutiques globally. First, we we plan on starting um, domestically, so domestic 48 and Canada. And basically what we'll do is just scrape the data, the inventory data from those sites and put it on one platform. So essentially what we're trying to do is make it easier for shoppers. So when you go and you're looking for, say, the new Jordans that came out or the new Yeezys or whatever, instead of having to go to multiple sites, you'll be able to just use this one platform and see, okay, well, there's several, you know, size nines and the new Jordans at several boutiques here. And, and you know, basically just want to help the consumer mm-hmm. shop easier. That's interesting. I, I find it intriguing how there's this uptick in e-commerce around clothing. You you'd think that on some levels, it'd be difficult to sell clothes without getting to try it on in the store first, right? But now there's all kinds of services. And this is one that really empowers knowing, I guess, I would know, would my brick and mortar store be the one that would really be the one benefiting from using a, a platform like this? Or is it going to benefit both brick and mortar as well as an, an e-commerce store? Brick and mortar as well as e-commerce could benefit from this because basically what I'm trying to do is take some of the most known boutiques, uh, the storefronts, and have the audience benefit by also finding those new up-and-coming brick and mortars or websites. Um, and so it, it kind of has this effect to where the people that are familiar with some of these uh, larger storefronts are be able, are more familiar, become, they become more familiar with some of the smaller websites and e-commerce and then vice versa. So mm-hmm. some of those that are familiar with, you know, whatever boutique it is in Kansas City, a small little town or whatever, they'll be able to learn about this big, massive boutique here in Atlanta or in New York. 
Well, talk about the the type of clothing that you're focused on, and 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 if there is a demographic that that is interested in that, that you would be talking to with your with your offerings, if you will. Where are you positioning yourself? So my platform is for, I want to say three, but it's not necessarily limited to this three. But this platform is for those streetwear enthusiasts. So those are who are interested in Supreme or Bape or BBC. There's several others, but they have a very niche following. Okay. Um, and they don't necessarily sell those. You, you, you may not be able to find it at, you know, your local Macy's or Barney's, but they have a very niche following. Um, and these are the type of people that are standout line for, you know, hours for a new release of products. And so basically... I want to cater to them and also um, sneakerheads. You know, sneakerheads is a big thing. And, and it's, um, it's been actually a thing for for a very long time. And basically, those individuals who, who are, you know, doing the same thing as standing outside, you know, maybe six or seven o'clock in the morning waiting for the mall to open to get those Jordans on Saturday morning. This is for them. And so basically what I want to do is give them the resources to still shop for the items that they want. But do it easier. Talk about what gave you the idea to to do this. It's not easy to launch a business, obviously, as you're, I'm sure, finding. But I mean, what what gave you the inspiration to to go down this path? Well, for one, being a consumer myself, so there's been several times where I'm looking for items and having to utilize these same boutiques that I'm trying to support. So if I go on one side and I see that they have the shoe that I'm looking for, but it's a size eight and a half and I wear nine. And I go to the next platform and I say, oh, well, they have a 10 or, you know. So then I end up going through maybe five or six websites to find my, you know, the shoe that I want and the size that I want. So I'm a consumer. The, the idea came from something that I thought was cool and something that I essentially wanted to use. Easier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> essentially. Uh, so that's how the idea came about. And there's several platforms that do similar things, but the difference between my platform and something like Apollovore or Sneaker News or List is that they pretty much curate content that is readily accessible. So your Louis Vuittons or your Gucci's, I mean, you can pretty much go anywhere and get those things. It's, you know, pretty big brands. You can go down the street to Linux Mall if that's what you want or Phipps. It's there. So... What I'm trying to do is carve out that very special niche market where in order for you to get what you're looking for, you're probably going to have to go and shop in California. You're going to have to shop in mm-hmm. Chicago or, or Shanghai or wherever. And so that's what this is for. So when it comes to the data that's going to flow in, the, 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 the store that's going to say, I've got your nine and a half, I've got three pairs in these colors, those stores... Do you see yourself partnering with the label itself to to then say, let's introduce our our software as a service platform to your your distributor d- distributing stores, so you you move more of your product through those boutiques, which obviously can always use more awareness because you know that's the nature of the boutique. It's relatively small. It's not it's not the Macy's. It's not those types of stores. Do you see going to that BBC and saying, hey, we've got this platform, so make sure your vendors that are are selling your your products know about us so that we can help you sell that nine and a half you got sitting on the on the shelf. Yes, sir. I I, I think that that's definitely necessary. The only thing is that 
building some of the relationships with like Nike or Adidas may be a little bit more difficult. So essentially what I want to do is go ahead, set the platform and have it work and have it functioning and have people coming to the site and then go to those boutiques mm-hmm. that I support and say, hey, you know, I have X amount of people coming to my site. They're checking your boutique. They weren't familiar with it. Here's some data to prove that, you know, they're looking here. This is how long they're, you know, spending on the website and basically sell them on the benefit of having my platform. And then once that relationship is built, then of course, some of the smaller brands like Supreme, Supreme small is, that's a relative statement in this case, because it's small in fashion industry as a whole, but it's relatively big in its niche market. Right. They, people know that. Yeah, right? people if know, you know them, them. So, so they're I the deal, right? Yeah, so I, I don't want to <laughs> undermine their, uh, their growth over the last years. But basically, I think once I have everything set up, then I would like to go to those companies and say, hey, you know, this is this platform. You know, I have X amount of people coming here. The boutiques that I'm supporting are already familiar with it. Would you like to do like special release or something here as well? And so just to kind of cut out, you know, have a different cut. So I'll basically have the boutiques on one end and have them basically cur- giving me, curating the data that I need, but also having the platform available for those companies that just want to come on here and do like a special release. With that, I also want to have it to where new up-and-coming designers would be able to utilize the platform mm-hmm, as well to mm-hmm. basically uh, latch as onto a the, yeah, yes, it, I exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you a little story. A few years back, uh, my cousin and I, we were we had a fashion company, and the most difficult time that we had was basically getting exposure. So you know, we built a social media platform, and we were you know we were trying to put our our information on there and say, hey, you know, go to, you know, look out for the clothing, look out for the site or whatever. And it was just extremely difficult because we didn't have the right platform and we didn't have a way in for that target that we were trying to get. So essentially what I want to do is basically create a marketplace to where, hey, you're already familiar with these brands. You're already familiar with these boutiques. But by the way, here's this new guy. And if you like this, you'll love this. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can see that. Where are you in the in the evolution of your company so right now I'm, I'm fundraising and basically i'm going around talking to different investors and vcs to basically get the seed funding in place because that's what's necessary to go ahead and get things in motion so there's going to be about twenty thousand dollars to get the platform set up and about four thousand each month to actually monitor the site and and, and for maintenance and mm-hmm. everything so at least if i can get somewhere around you know, 50K for seed funding, I would be able to go ahead and get this started. And and then it makes the conversation easier because some of the feedback that I've gotten from the VCs is that they want to know, well, hey, this, this sounds like a great idea, but where is it? Mm-hmm. And so you typically do what's called a, a friend and family round. And so yep. basically you go yep. and you, you ask, uh, <laughs> you know, if you, a bunch of people, hey, you know, I have this idea. Do you have any money that you would like to invest? But, um, Unfortunately, for for me and for many um, people in in my position, we just don't have those resources. Mm-hmm. I'm in a very unique situation to where I've been fortunate to do okay in corporate America, but mm-hmm. I end up kind of making more than the people that's around me, and so I don't necessarily have the friends or family around to go to if. You know, I'm doing, you know, pretty well from... I understand. Why don't you do it yourself? Yeah, why don't you do it yourself? And and so... uh, (laughs) Why don't you do it yourself? Well, that's that's the thing. Uh, I 
I live relatively below my means. Uh, I was having car trouble the other day, actually, uh, just making sure that I, I can just, you know, not get over my head with, with my bills. But yeah. truth be told, I just don't have it. Uh, right. 50,000. That's <laughs> right. Being liquid to that yeah. extent, yeah, not a lot of you know, people are. Yeah, I'm, I'm 28. Uh, and it's just difficult to get that, that kind of capital. And it's interesting because I was thinking about there's this uh, this idea and it's called the six degrees of separation. And mm-hmm. basically what it is, is you're only a few steps or a few people away from, you know, whatever it is you're looking for. And so I think for me and for a lot of the African-American community is that those resources tend to lead to athletes or musicians because that's kind of where we're prominent. And mm-hmm. so my six degrees of separations may look completely different from your six degrees of separations because I may be six people away from, say, LeBron James, and you may be six people away from Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Very significant people, but it's just different. And so I think that has been one of the most difficult things in in this journey. Mm -hmm. I... I can see where you got to be able to try to come up with some sort of a prototype or at least a start on the on the coding. So you've gotten it already lined out with the experts that would basically make the platform itself for. Yeah, essentially. So um, I'll give you a, little, a, a small story uh, with this as well. But yeah, basically, I have a company that's going to do all the the legwork. They'll set up the platform. They'll deal with the data scraping. There's about three or four data engineers that goes and they'll really crunch the numbers. They'll just do everything for me. And so originally when I found out about data scraping, I was doing some research on startup companies and I wanted to look into Airbnb. I was like, well, you know, how did Airbnb really get their start? And so basically what Airbnb was doing at the time is that when they were trying to build their platform, they basically started using data data scraping and basically scraping the list on Craigslist. People were advertising their properties on (laughs) Craigslist a while back. And so basically what they did is say, hey, well, we don't have the resources to reach out to these people individually and say, hey, you know, use our platform. But what they did was they were able to use data scraping, which is basically taking unstructured data and putting it on one platform and making Mm -hmm. it structured. Mm -hmm. Essentially, that's what it is. And uh, and so I was like, this is pretty cool. And, And, you know, started doing some more research. And I saw that, you know, Kayak, for yeah, you know, travel. yeah, yeah. There's this is a yeah. thing. So I was like, hey, well, you know, maybe I can use this for fashion. Mm-hmm. And so, interesting. Uh, when it comes to the notion of funding, have you looked at like the Indiegogos and those types of things? I mean, what about that? Especially with with the amount of money that you're looking for being on the low end. You know, some companies are looking for two million, right? Yeah, or a quarter of a million. But many companies, such as yourself, can get started with a much smaller a much smaller entry point. So something like an Indiegogo, particularly if you get some traction with, say, some social media. From what I understand, one of the things that leads to success through those those types of funding sources is being prepared to do a, at least a moderate amount of investment in some measure of marketing around the campaign, right? You can't just necessarily throw it on Indiegogo and think, okay, cool. It's just going to be a cool idea and people jump on it. If you position that in front of, say, what was probably a very small spend on a Facebook, for example, or possibly Twitter, but I would say in my own experience, Facebook is probably better, possibly even LinkedIn. But being able to 
position that crowdfunding opportunity and the idea in front of a broader group of people instead of just who's cruising through Indiegogo today looking for something they want to invest in. Do you see the difference? Yeah. That might help you lead to greater chances of success, especially if something like five or $10,000 could get you going, yeah. right? Get the coding underway. Yeah. And then you could potentially, with some of that traction, possibly be able to make somebody else who could actually stand in front of you and write a check. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that's a great idea. And it's something that's been in the back of my head. I, I think initially what I was trying to do, and I may need to pivot and, you know, think of other ways of doing this, but I was looking more for individuals that could not necessarily just give financial resources, but also give mentorship. Someone who's, you know, had some experience in business, whether it was entrepreneurship or, you know, C-suite or whatever. And so they could also provide me with this intellectual capital as well as the financial capital. Because some of those crowdfunding platforms, it's it's just the funding. You know, it's just, hey, you know, here's some money there. And so I think the way I was trying to go about it was a little bit more intimate to where I could actually, you know, sit down with the people that are interested in, you know, my business, you know, kind of get a feel for them, see if we work well from a business perspective and then go ahead and say, well, all right, well, you know, you know what I need. Let's go ahead and and get things going. But I definitely think that the Indiegogo is definitely an opportunity that I, I need to explore more. It would be worth looking into the solutions that are available through the Small Business Administration. They have business development centers with just that in place. Yeah. People that will mentor you. And I believe that you've already paid for it. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? I don't believe these are walk-in, you got to pay a fee. I believe this is available to you as a tax-paying American with a small business that you're trying to grow, I do believe that you can get access to a number of services that might help you in some of those ways anyway, in terms of being able to craft a business plan, for example, that you can have in hand when you're talking to that um, an investor, for example, things like that, possibly even other other funding resources for you. And then all, the other options would be going to, say, a Kennesaw State University. They put a lot of energy into their business school and in entrepreneurs. Um, there may be either free or or possibly very low cost, either training sessions, certifications, uh, or mentors, that could potentially be available to you through those types of channels. And I know GSU and uh, has has some similar things. I know I I just know that I was sitting next to the gentleman from their small business development center uh, yesterday at the Chamber of Commerce uh, first Monday event, and and it was clear that they really place a lot of emphasis. So those might be channels for somebody like yourself or peers of yours that are trying to get a small business started. That I might look at when it feels like, geez, there's just no. I've got a talk to everybody myself and and there's no real help for me unless I pay for it. I think there are some resources you might be able to to get a hold of um, with little or no actual funding out of your pocket. We've been talking with Antonio James. He's the CEO of a startup company called the Luxav. He is somebody that's clearly into fashion. Uh, he and his lovely lady are, are here in the studio, both of them very well put together. So I trust their taste in clothing. Um, they're making it available, making a platform available that if you're somebody that shops in some of these very boutique-driven brands that really like those types of clothes, but they can be hard to find, uh, particularly getting sizes in your 
and your size, that kind of thing, you end up having to chase from one site to the next to the next to try to hopefully catch one of those in in stock. His platform, the Luxav, will let you actually just sit there and while you're watching Game of Thrones or, or Empire, whatever it is you're watching, cruise around and actually see, much like you can a hotel room, you can actually see uh, a very cool shirt or a pair of shoes that you've been craving. I appreciate you coming in the studio and telling us about it. It sounds like a cool idea. All you need is now some resources to get it started. I appreciate you having me. And yes, sir. And, uh, this has been a very great experience and first interview, so hopefully I, I did well. And uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, and, man. I, I, I always have a, a great time having entrepreneurs in. I, I've had over the last three years, probably somewhere approaching 600 different either business leaders or entrepreneurs. And and many of them started just like you trying to get something started. And now they've got a company that's in three commas, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, it's it's definitely possible. And I certainly enjoy being able to meet these entrepreneurs and help them share their stories with you. Uh, if you've not done so already, in the upper left-hand corner of the show page, you'll see the Apple logo. That'll take you to the iTunes store where the Midtown Business Radio Show podcast lives, and you can subscribe to us. That way, each week when the new episode comes out, it's downloaded to your device, and you can check it out when it's convenient for you. And we're all about getting the word out and helping us do that by turning around and clicking share on LinkedIn or Facebook. Put the word out. Help these folks uh, move their business forward. You might just be clicking share, and the, the next person that they need to meet hears it and actually acts on it. So if you do that for us, we'll say thank you very much. Before we run out of time, share your contact information so folks can get in touch with you. Yeah, so you can contact me at 404-263-5057 or at deluxeav at gmail.com. T-H-E-L-U-X-A-V-E at gmail.com. Antonio Jasmine, I appreciate y'all being with us in the studio. It's been a lot of fun having you here today, man. Thanks for having me. Everybody out there, thank you so much for making us a part of your day today. We look forward to catching up with you next week. We'll see you then.